Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void but prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Welcome to the Cannon Cast, a weekly podcast from the Cannon, SB Nation's blog about the Columbus Blue Jackets. I am William Chase, your host, joined today by Eric Seeds. What's going on, Seeds? You know, living that quarantine life, it's one o'clock on a Sunday and I just opened my second beer, so here we go, guys. <laughs> I was going to ask what you've been up to, but yeah, there you go. That's right. Uh, you know, I've, we, we, we've got a list of movies uh, we haven't seen. I'm try- we're trying to knock out. What movies? Watched The Wolf of Wall Street for the first time last night. It was pretty good. Yeah. Yeah, I, I saw that. Uh, I saw the beginning of that a little, like, a couple of years ago and really didn't, never finished it. But then I saw it last year. And I, yeah, it was pretty good. Yeah, it's about the extent of all I'm doing. It's just kind of knocking movies and shows off the list. Yeah. Uh, started Sopranos on, on Rachel's advice. Started Bob's Burgers. So that's about the extent of my life. I'm, I'm not doing a whole lot of much. Did you ever get into Rick and Morty? Yes, yes, I have gotten into Rick and Morty. Uh, I, that that one I've been in on. Uh, PD actually introduced me to that a long time ago. Got in. I, it didn't really take the first time I tried it, but then I went back to it and I was like, yeah, "This is pretty funny." So, yeah. Well, we there was a little bit of hockey news in the last few days. Um, I don't know if you saw this, but Nahid Nenshi, I think I'm saying that right. He's the mayor of Calgary. He has suspended any and all events, including the potential of any Calgary Flames games, until at least June 30th. So if the NHL was to actually resume before then, which is probably unlikely, but in the event that they did, they wouldn't be able to, the Flames wouldn't be able to play. And Toronto has a similar ban, as do most places around the world. But if Toronto, even though they have a suspended all activity outside, sports teams are able to still play. So I just was wondering what your thoughts were on the potential of could there be more teams maybe that say, or I should say cities, that would prohibit teams from playing even if the NHL was actually able to resume play? I'm pretty much on the record as saying I think the season is over. Just at this point, the priority should be, one, obviously keep everyone safe and healthy, and two, try to not affect next season as much as possible, which the longer they delay canceling the year kind of leads to more of a, it leads to more of a disruption of next season. And I just, I the, the more this goes on, uh, there, there's, there's obviously been plans pitched where, like, they'll quarantine all the teams in one city and then try and try and play it in one venue so there's no travel and we can at least have some sort of playoffs this year and award the Stanley Cup. But 
that that brings up a whole host of logistical questions. How long are these guys going to be expected to be away from their families? If you play 78 games on one sheet of ice in two weeks, you know, how how awful is that ice going to be? It's issue after issue. And then, and then you know, you kind of get into what happens if someone tests positive while they're all in quarantine. Do you delay this thing for two weeks? Do you... There's just a whole host of logistical issues that the NHL just needs to. I, I realize, I recognize the almighty dollar rules all, and these guys are trying to save as much money as they can and bring in as much hockey related revenue as they can. But I just, I, at this point, I don't really see any way that the season goes on. I just shelter in place orders through most of April in most of the country. Here in Ohio, it's uh, we're shelter in place through. Unless you're like essential business going to the grocery store or something like that. What about you? Do you think do you think there's any way teams will play, or do you think it's just over? I yeah, it, for me it's hard to imagine. I know they've mentioned July as a potential, and I I just think it's so hard logistically to really resume play this season because, as you mentioned, if teams play in, in July, you know that's when free agency would be happening. So it just backs up everything else. Then you have to worry about the off season. You want to make sure that players and teams are ready for next season, and it's just a whole logjam of potential issues that could arise. So I understand trying to play games, but I don't know how they would actually do it. The ice is probably going to be horrible in certain markets, of course. Whether it's the arenas trying to get these events, these games to happen. Even just going, like, I, I think about the other sports, like with baseball. Like, they might be trying to play in July, and I'm wondering if they have to do the same thing as far as playing an empty arena or stadiums and maybe doing it in their spring training sites. And it's like, obviously, they have more time, I guess, to kind of work around. But hockey, though, it just seems so difficult as it is. And I just feel like the easiest thing is just to scrap it. I just wonder about the financial aspect of it. And I've been wondering about, because the salary cap was supposed to potentially go up, I believe, don't quote me, I think it was supposed to be like between 81 and 84 million for next season. And I just wonder how the lack of games or no games and potential revenue streams being cut. I'm wondering how that's going to impact things for next year. I I listen to Puck Soup pretty regularly. It's one of my favorite podcasts. Brian Lambert, Greg Wyshynski, and Sean McIndoe. And McIndoe was talking on it a week or two a week or so ago. And he was saying that from his understanding and his talking to people in front offices that it sounds like what the players and the NHL can do is like kind of negotiate like a false cap, you know, where the cap would stay the same as it was this year, you know, 81 and a half million dollars. And with the understanding that, yeah, the, the revenue isn't there, but they don't want to, according to McIndoe, they're, they're going to miss out on $600 million worth of revenue. And that's obviously a lot. If you wanted to, if, you know, the salary cap is directly related to how much revenue comes in. But if they went with this calculator, the cap would go down by like 10 to $15 million next year. And obviously that just blows up everyone's roster. And no team, no player wants to go through that. You're going to have guys getting waived, bought out, no contracts getting signed. Really mess up uh, the way the hockey is basically run. So from my understanding of what, of what McIndoo thinks is going to happen is that the players will just the players and uh, owners will just operate next season under the same salary cap and uh, with the understanding that it's going to take a few years for revenue to bounce back as fans are still wary probably of going to games or being in large crowds and the players will likely have to pay more into escrow to make up that revenue which means part of their check is just going right back to the owner I don't really know what's going to happen I, that that sounds plausible but that and that sounds like a way to kind of 
keep hockey as normal as possible, but the players are going to feel a bit of a pinch. The owners are obviously going to feel a pinch. And yeah, there's, there's absolutely no way the salary cap's going up next year, not with uh, them missing out on so much revenue. I guess the only similar financial aspect of this is when they had the lockouts and teams weren't obviously playing and how they were able to kind of survive. So, you know, from a financial perspective, but that kind of, I, I, so I was also curious. So in the event, now we're all, we both don't really think this is going to happen anyway, but in the event that there is a resumption of the season or the playoffs this summer, how would you think the lack of any kind of real playing time, like you would think it's going to erode the players just whether they're going to be rusty, how it's going to affect teams. I mean, we've seen we've seen teams when they have the playoffs, uh, they might have a week off in between series like Columbus did last year when they you know swept Tampa and got ready for Boston and they had about a week off and they were playing scrimmages, trying to keep loose and keep, keep their legs going. But very rusty hockey, to say the least. If you have teams who are literally off for two, three months, you really can't skate unless they have somehow they can get into a ring. Have you thought about the consequences of what teams might look like if they actually could play this summer in the playoffs? Honestly, I haven't really thought about it because, like I said, I just don't think there's going to be any more hockey. But you would obviously have to have some sort of training camp before these guys came back, guys' legs back under them, guys' uh, timing back, because otherwise you're going to see a lot of missed passes, a lot of poorly conditioned guys. And it's not like they're all sitting around eating you know, Cheetos and cheese its like we are on our, you know, watching Netflix, but they can't all, you know, there's no way these guys are getting out and skating or doing all the, there's, it's just not possible to be out and doing everything you need to do to stay in shape to be a professional athlete while you're self-quarantined in your house. You know, you can only ride the bike so many times or run, you know, running, a, running laps around your backyard, you have to do something like a thousand laps to even make a difference. It's, you're going to see a lot of poorly conditioned guys, at least by the standards that we're used to watching. I'm not saying that they're poorly conditioned compared to like me because I'm poorly conditioned, <laughs> but it's just, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know what kind of game we'd see. It'd be, it'd be really choppy. We don't know what, you know, guys timing would be off. We don't know. I don't know. Maybe it might just be like the team with the best goaltender wins because, or the guy with the uh, best reflexes wins because that's what we're, that's what we'd have. So I'd like our chances with Elvis in the net, I guess, but we'll see. Yeah, I know. It's like if they were actually able to play, this could be the time Columbus really just, I mean, if they're able to get some kind of advantage, I guess, just having all their players back from from injury would help. It seems like just, I don't know. It, I, I'm, I'm almost just like, just end it, get ready for next year. Don't don't uh don't mess up two don't mess up two seasons when you can when you can get away with having just one screwed up yeah yeah just get ready for next season i mean it's unfortunate you never want to not have games but yeah don't mess up next season or at this point it's been such a delay the logistics are a nightmare and obviously we still don't know when we're going to come out of this cities like new york and new orleans they're saying you know we'll hit their peak death rate in a week that still means cities or states like Illinois and Ohio and Florida obviously haven't even seen their peaks yet and we don't know when that's going to happen when when this is going to tail off we haven't seen if the hospitals are going to get overwhelmed yet we don't we just don't know it's just it's so hard to predict that I just 
I find, you know, I, I obviously I don't want them to cancel the season. I'm not saying, you know, I don't want hockey because I am literally dying without sports over here. I watched two right. old football yeah. games on YouTube yesterday, including one that I did a virtual watch party with my buddy Jeremy up in Lansing for three hours yesterday afternoon because I miss sports so much and it is killing me inside. But some things are more important and we, we have to make sure we keep everybody safe. And if that means we're losing the season, we just come back in October and we get ready for next year, then so be it. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm with you. I've been watching uh, some of the older games on TV. There was a couple, I think a week or so ago, they were showing an old like Penguins Capitals game on NBCSN from like 10 years ago, which is crazy because uh, it was like, I want to say it was uh, Cristobal Hughey and Ned or somebody like that. I'm trying to think who their goalie was, but yeah, it was like the dueling hat tricks between Crosby and Ovechkin and I'm just trying to, I've been staying busy, but it's like I've been watching older, older games and kind of reliving those highlights. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. There was a little bit of good news. Uh, so Seth Jones dropped a tweet. He's back on the ice and skating. So obviously that's good news for whenever hockey might resume, that at least he looks to be getting back to shape. Yeah, that's uh, that's exciting. Always excited to see guys come back and play and be healthy. Yeah, he, he finally got back on the ice and got to skate. I saw the uh, picture he put on his Instagram story today. It was his first skate. So good for Seth. I'm glad he's, I'm glad he's healing well. I am excited for next season when hopefully this team should be at full strength. Obviously, no injuries, but you know Zach Wierenski had has had a huge year. Seth Jones is still Seth Jones, obviously, even with the ankle. Hopefully, he's fine. But you know Oliver Bjorkstrand took kind of a leap. I think. For, I mean, we saw it last year towards the end of the season, but he's had a huge scoring type of a year. We'll see what happens with guys like Josh Anderson and his contract negotiations, but. I'm curious just to see how it all plays out. This team probably stayed in. They played above themselves when when you consider all the injuries. So I'm, I'm curious to see how, with however this offseason plays out, and hopefully players are uh, continue to take that step forward that we saw, especially guys like Bjorkstrand, and and then you hope a guy like Atkinson, who obviously has struggled with injuries and. When he was on the ice, you know, scoring has been an issue for the team across the board. Hopefully, you see what what you expect out of guys like that. I am excited for next year. Um, one thing I'm looking forward or looking, I wouldn't say I'm looking forward to, but I'm be, I'm going to be really interested to see what happens this summer. I guess on two fronts is one PLD's extension negotiations because he's a restricted free agent this summer, and he's obviously the number one center on this team, the best center on this team, and we'll see what we'll see where that goes. And then I'm really excited to see, uh, or not again, I'm not really excited, but I guess I'm interested to see what happens if they uh, move Josh Anderson or package him with a defenseman for maybe a top six forward or something. Obviously, there were lots of rumors this year with Anderson. So I'm just really interested to see how the team is constructed and how we go into next year. Obviously, Liam Foody will be here next year, thankfully. That, that'll that be a huge addition. He's He impressed me during his audition. He'll get Texier back. I was going to say, yeah, he impressed me during his audition here. So I'm just I'm excited to see what the team looks like next year if they're 
if we do end up just going right into next year and this this is the end of the hockey season again i i hope it's not i hope we can get back to some sense of normalcy soon and we because we all miss sports we all you know, I miss sports. I miss talking about it. I miss the camaraderie. I miss seeing all my friends at Jackets games and going to the bars before and after games. I miss the continued engagement. I just, we, we obviously need to keep everybody safe, but man, it's, I, I never thought I'd miss all of it as much as I do. Like, this is, this was supposed to be Final Four weekend, Will. I know. I was thinking about that today. Like, the Final Four would have been last night. The national title game would have been tomorrow. Like, man, obviously, I'm not saying we're used to this, but obviously after nearly a month of this, it's, it's kind of like we're, you know, we're used to what's been happening, I guess. But it's a weird reality. I'm going to the grocery store and seeing people in masks more than ever, which obviously I get. Man, this is really happening. Like, this is our reality right now. I will look forward to the day where we can go to a sporting event, not have to worry about anything as far as a pandemic or, you know, being able to get back towards our lives again. What the NHL and everybody else is doing obviously is, you know, for the greater good. But hopefully we do get back to a normal, a set of normalcy pretty soon. I hope so. I hope everybody stays safe and we can stay home as much as you can. Be safe if you have to go out in public and wear gloves, wear your mask, hand sanitize yourself, and we, we can all get through this. The quick, the, the more we all stay home, the sooner we'll all get back to our arguing on Twitter about PDO. <laughs> Definitely. So I saw on Twitter from Jeff Sabota on this date in Blue Jackets history. So in 2008, now of course this is Sunday, April 5th, so by the time everybody hears this, it'll be two days later, but... On this day in Jackets history in 2008, Ken Hitchcock coached his 900th career game as the Jackets took on the Blues. And then in 2012, rookie Cam Atkinson scored a hat trick again in Colorado. It was the third, fourth, and fifth goals of his career. And of course, he's at 198 now. So just kind of crazy how fast time is flying. And it, it just seems weird to me, like when you think back, like Ken Hitchcock used to coach the Jackets. Like, what a weird kind of, it's, it just feels like a weird time, I guess. It, there's been a lot of you know this day in jackets history like i saw i saw one the other day might have been saturday afternoon where nick felino scored a hat trick to beat the pittsburgh penguins in 2015 that was awesome i think that was the first hat trick i ever saw in person so that was cool i miss i miss hockey man i miss it so much have you seen any of the uh like ea sports streams of nhl 20 that they've been showing I have not really watched any of that. Uh, I've been just watching like old games on YouTube instead. But what I I am very much, first of all, I guess two things. One one thing about NHL 20, I'm still trying to get Vox to let me expense NHL 20 so I can have something to do during a uh, quarantine here. But that would be th- cool. Thus far, it hasn't worked out. So Vox, if you hear this, it, let me expense NHL 20. The other thing is, I'm really looking forward to speaking of just older games. I'm really looking forward to this week. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Fox Sports Ohio and the Fox Sports Go app are airing the sweep of the Tampa Bay Lightning. In case you guys want to know what I'll be doing every night this week, I'm going to be watching the Jackets win win their first ever playoff series again. I might need to go on YouTube and watch that since I'm in Virginia. I won't be able to watch it on the the channel, but I might go on youtube and just relive that a little bit man i i just remember watching game one i went into that series so my my projection for last season and on the canon was uh i had i had tampa bay playing winnipeg in the finals i think i picked winnipeg i can't remember but either way 
going into that series, I was like, oh, of course Columbus has no shot. They'll be lucky if they make it a, you know, a six-game series. And I'm laughing and just like just utterly annoyed by their first period when they go down 3 nothing and they're just dead, deer in the headlights. <laughs> and then and then like they make it 3 to like I'm I, I was watching at one place and then I went home to kind of keep up, but I was like I'm not even going to watch the rest of this, but I was keeping up on the score. And then they make it 3-2. And I'm like, wait, they better they better finish this if they're going to get this close. And then I had to go back to it. And uh, obviously, when they pulled off game one, I was like, did that just happen? Like, what happened there? I mean, like, what happened in between periods is what I would like to know. I'd love to be a fly on the wall. I would I would I would pay a lot of money to hear Torts' uh, first intermission speech because, like you said, I, I I remember I remember when we did the staff predictions. Everyone was predicting the Jackets lose in six games or seven games. I picked the Jackets to lose in five. Because I thought just Tampa was Tampa was his one of the best regular season teams in NHL history. It last might be, year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just I was like, there's no way the Jackets can like after what we saw in March and post trade deadline, we didn't think this team could hang with Tampa. And then they just went out and punched them right in the face. And Tampa had no answer other than to get Nikita Kucherov suspended for Game Three. That was that was a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward to it. For those of you listening or. In, interested i've gotta do a retro diary of watching game one so game one airs wednesday night that article will be coming thursday morning uh just kind of reliving game one and what it was like to watch the stage that massive comeback because yeah at first intermission i thought that team was dead in the water and i was like we're gonna lose every game in this series 10 nothing yeah i mean there was no reason to think that this team was gonna somehow pull off some sort of upset which of course we saw well that's just about gonna do it for this week Seeds, did you have a final thought you wanted to share? Like I said, this was supposed to be Final Four weekend. For those of you who know me, this was the this was supposed to be the dream season for the Dayton Flyers. They were supposed to be in Atlanta with a chance to win their first national title. Uh, obviously, that's never going to happen. Dayton's lost two seniors, and their best player, Obi Toppin, has declared for the draft and signed with an agent, so he won't be coming back. It, it's going to hurt for legitimately ever that Dayton didn't get the chance to fulfill all the promise that they had this season, but I'm thankful again for all the memories I'll have. And I just want to say again, congratulations to Obi Toppin and coach Anthony Grant. Both of them won multiple awards this week and they finally capped it off on Friday or Thursday and Friday by winning the Naismith awards for coach of the year and player of the year. So Dayton has the first, first team all American in school history, their first player of the year in school history and the first national coach of the year in school history this year. So Really cool. Looking forward to going back to Dayton next season when Dayton when Dayton rightfully retires Obi Toppin's jersey and no one ever wears the number one again. I miss I miss sports. I miss I miss the Dayton Flyers, but we'll all get through this together. Stay safe, and we'll all see each other again soon. So for my final thought, I was reading the book The Power of Habit, and they were talking about Michael Phelps during his Olympic uh, run in which he was winning the gold medal, setting the world records, and. They were talking about basically he gets the, the got the little victories in which you know he went about his routine everything that he prepared for went according to plan he even prepared for the unexpected and that came to help him in a race in which his goggles were leaking and he couldn't see and he visualized what he needed to do and he still set the world record and got the gold medal and the takeaway was get those to look for those little victories and especially today with what's going on we can all use the little victories to just keep plugging away and keep doing what we got to do so i thought that was really interesting to share 
For those of you who are looking for hockey content during this quarantine, um, I want to put out a recommendation. Obviously, I've been speaking a lot about Sean McIndoe uh, on this podcast. I finished his book, Down Goes Brown History of the NHL, the the world's greatest sport, the world's most ridiculous league. It's a pretty easy read. It's like 300 pages. It's available on Amazon. We don't have like a link to plug it or anything, but I highly recommend it for anyone who's missing hockey or anyone who really likes uh, Down Goes Brown's writing style. It's it's really easy. He uh, tells the history of the NHL from when the original six was actually seven teams for a couple of years. Uh, and he he ends every chapter with a ludicrous anecdote about how just incredibly nuts this stupid sport is, including the time uh, Oilers tough guy Dave Semenko fought Muhammad Ali for three rounds because uh, that's a thing that happened in the 1980s. So yeah, uh, I would if those of you missing hockey like I am, uh, I would highly recommend the down goes brown history of the nhl it was a lot of fun to read i gotta check that out yeah it was it was pretty wild there's there's all kinds of great stories in there like the time the blues just straight up made up a guy in the draft and drafted him and no one figured it out until training camp the next year it was it's it it's really entertaining so those of you missing hockey i highly i highly recommend it so take care take care of yourselves and one another stay home as much as you can and Salute to those of you who are in essential businesses and salute to those of you who are in the service industry. We're thanking of you always and we'll all get together at the bar soon when this is over because we're all going to need it. That's going to do it for us this week. Our theme music is the song Green Eyes by Angela Pearlie and the Howlin' Moons off of their album Homemade Vision. Angela's newest album is called 430 and you should definitely go check it out. She's also on tour right now, so go check her out at AngelaPerley.com. And you should also check out Angela Pearly on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube for videos and live stream concerts from her home during this stay-at-home period. Rate us and leave us a review on iTunes. And as always, we welcome your comments and questions. You can tweet at us at CBJCannon and comment on JackIsCannon.com. From all of us at the Cannon, thank you for listening, and we will see you next week. I'm Nilay Patel, the editor-in-chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts. It comes up a lot. We're launching a new limited series that we're calling the Centennial Series, where I talk to CEOs of companies that are over 100 years old, like Xerox, Barnes & Noble, and more. There's no 100-year-old company that's without its struggles, and it's been fascinating to talk to these CEOs about which parts of these companies' history are important and which parts they can let go. A little spoiler for you, if a company is over 100 years old, there's a lot of drama to talk about. It's been a good time. You can listen to the Centennial series right in the Decoder feed. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts.